Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I'm glad you joined us. I know that these last few weeks have been very difficult for most people, but with all the weather, we've got snow in the mountains, wind and rain and all kinds of things, and more water than we've seen in years. And the gloomy skies, I know, sometimes can start to depress the spirit a little bit, too, and make us feel like a little claustrophobic and maybe a little gloomy at times. Well, I want you to understand that, you know, not only does the sun shine again someday, but if you're walking in Christ Jesus, you always have Christ with you. You are never alone. You're never without hope. You are never defeated as long as you are in Christ Jesus. And last week, I had a fascinating interview with uh, a, a woman that is a biblical counselor. She's a She's been a secular counselor. She's been familiar with addiction on both sides of that fence. She's not ashamed to tell you that she herself was addicted at one time. And so I wanted to introduce Delina Hoyer to you one more time. And so, Delina, would you say hello to our guests, please? Well, thank you for having me on, Mr. Lane. I am really excited to be here. Well, I am glad you are here. You know, I think one of the things that we talked about last week was the fact that uh, biblical counseling does it from the perspective that uh, you have either a worldview or you have a biblical view, correct? Correct. And so a worldview really leaves you, in many ways, hopeless when it comes to addiction. Is that correct? Correct. And so when a person comes to you and they they profess to be a believer, and you are going to start counseling them biblically, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you start with that? What What kind of questions do you try to ask a new counselee when they're coming to you and they're broken? Well, that's a big question. (laughs) But the first thing I start with is what is the gospel? Amen. What is the good news? And what does it mean to be born again? Amen. And how do you know that you've been born again? Where is the fruit in your life? Right. Um, And what do you believe about God and the Bible? And so those are questions I w- that tells you a lot. Um, but I also get their story, where they come from, what they've been through, because you cannot speak into someone's life until you know them. You know, there's a book, uh, Paul Tripp, I believe it is, um, uh, In the Redeemer's Hands, mm. the great uh, tool to use when discipling uh, a brother or sister and using the love, no speak, do, um, as he talks about in that book. And so you, you need to love people first and get to know them before I can start really counseling them, right? Yeah, and you need to know not only who they are right now, but that whole path that they've been down, correct? Correct. 
I mean, you can't know where somebody's at or why they're there unless you can get the whole story, what's happened to them in their life, yeah. what perception or perceptions they have mm-hmm. of what their identity is, right? Correct. Many times women that have been abused or, uh, you know, whatever, have an identity, especially concerning God the Father, mm-hmm. because they've been so misused and abused by men that they have a skewed view of God the Father. And they have to get that, you have to get through that first, right? Correct, yeah. And so a person has come to you and they're addicted to whatever they're addicted to, and you've gotten your their story and you've ascertained that, in fact, this person is a believer. And if they are not a believer, you and I talked about last week, then the discipling, uh, not discipling, but the evangelistic outreach starts to happen, correct? Correct. So when a person comes and says, yeah, I'm a, I'm a believer, and then turns around and tells you, uh, but after I was saved, I just started doing all the same things I ever did, and for the last 10 years, I've been doing the same things I did before I was saved, mm-hmm. what would your answer be to the profession of salvation? Well, I can't see their heart. So I can't say they're born again or not, but I would take them to the Word of God and look at God's Word. And what does God say that, uh, you know, when God saves you, you are a new creature in Christ. The old is gone away. Not that you aren't going to struggle with sin. Yes, we're we're still in the flesh. Our flesh hasn't been redeemed. Um, But that you will be able to... uh, the Spirit works through you to convict you, to bring sin to light, and to teach you and guide you and correct you. Those things should be happening to you as a new believer, right? I think of myself. I'll use myself as an example because, you know, I come from a, like I said, an AANA background. I was a 12-step guru. I lived it, breathed it. And then when God saved me and I started reading my Bible— that all changed, and I'll never forget it. The last time I walked into a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, I could not raise my hand anymore because Amen. the Bible says that I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Amen. and that I am not an alcoholic. That's right. I am the daughter of the king. Amen. Okay? And mm-hmm. so, but I needed to learn that, and I needed someone to come alongside me and to help me to learn those things. And I remember an older, mature woman in the church who said to me, um, you know, every time you raise your hand, Delina, you're saying what Jesus did on the cross wasn't enough. I, I agree. And so from that day forward, I never went back to a meeting, and I don't need to go to a meeting. I don't have anything against Christians who go to meetings. If that's their liberty, they choose to do that. I actually have some friends who do do that as evangelistic opportunities, but I don't need that plus my Bible and the church, right? Um, I have God's Word, and it has everything I need in it for godliness and righteousness, and that I can go to it, and that I can learn my new identity, right? And then I could start putting those things into practice as a a new believer, right? Yeah, because... 
to your point, you know that at the mission, I do not allow people to say, hey, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic, or I'm a narcotics user or whatever, because of that very thing that you just said. Mm -hmm. If you are the redeemed of Christ, you are the redeemed of Christ. Your identity is no longer in your sin, and that's the problem. Again, we talked about last week the disease model, and the reality is that as long as it's a disease, it's a happening thing to you. When you take responsibility for involving yourself in those things and you realize it's still a sin thing, mm. then we no longer can say, hey, my identity is in alcohol, methamphetamines, mm -hmm. whatever your, your thing is. Yeah. Then we have to say, no, I am still plagued by some of these things, but I am the redeemed of Christ. That's why we've talked about it. When Rahab came with the Israelites, she was no longer the prostitute. Mm. She was Rahab the redeemed. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the fact of spelling or anything else, I've always been convinced that Rahab was the same Rahab that was in the line of Boaz. Mm. And why would the, the scriptures stop and say, and Boaz, whose mother was Rahab? Because she was Rahab the redeemed. The same thing goes with an alcoholic. Uh, whatever your thing is, you are the redeemed of God. And if you're not the redeemed of God, if you still are held captive and a slave to sin, then you're not in Christ Jesus. Amen. It doesn't mean that a believer can't act like a worldly person at times. But that's why I, you've heard me say this many times. When people say, yeah, I had an experience. If you didn't have an experience with the risen Savior that changed you, yeah. you, you don't have the same Savior I have. Amen. And if you don't know you're lost, you don't need a Savior. Yeah. So— uh, where do you go with a person that that uh, tells you something about? Well, yes, but I'm not. I'm not like these people. I'm not like them. I I I need something different than this. And I've tried the Bible. It doesn't work for me. Have you heard that kind of a statement? Oh yes, many times. What do you say to someone like that? Well, uh, very gently. <laughs> Take them, take them to the Word of God, what God's Word said. It's not my job to convince anybody. That's God's right. Word speaks. And um, helping people right where they're at when they come in, right? Because yes. people are at different levels and starting wherever they're at, wherever that is for that person, right? If it is, um, you know, going through uh, Romans roads, right? Uh, uh, talking through that. If it's uh, taking them through, there's a great book by John MacArthur, and uh, he talks about um, saved without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And he gives you 12 things that you can read that book and go to Scripture with that book, and it, it's, it will help you to understand, am I truly born again? Have I been changed? And I'm going to tell you, it is a radical change. It is radical. You cannot stay the same. It is impossible. I can tell you that from my own testimony, how God just started ripping things out of my life immediately. And it was, I couldn't 
stop that because I belong to him. And, and I knew that I was changed. I knew it. I knew it immediately that I, I, I knew it because I, I had a love for the Lord God with all my heart, soul, might, and strength. And I used to hate God. I used to hate Christians. I hated the name Jesus. But I had this love for God. I had a love for Jesus. And I had a love for his people. Mm-hmm. And I had never had that before. And I still have that I know. 15 <laughs> years later. And um, I would say it's even deeper. My love is, is deeper now. And that I I belong to him. You know, the Bible says that we're sealed and that there is no going back. So you can't say, well, I was a Christian. No. You know, I just, I walked away for a little while and, you know, I'm coming back now. Uh, no. Yeah, you were either a unsaved person or you were a saved person that was disobedient in your sin. Yes. Not you. I'm yes. talking about a person who says that. You can't fall in and out of love with the Savior, and you cannot walk in and out of his grace and mercy and salvation. You either are saved or you are not saved. Uh, It it may be uh, an old way of looking at it, but the bottom line is Christ doesn't make mistakes. He either chose you before the foundation of the world or he didn't choose you before the foundation of the world. And no matter how you look at those verses, the reality is that God is the instrument that has brought you into salvation. Is that correct? That's correct. And one of the ways that also, knowing that you're born again, I think of the times that the Lord has disciplined me. I think of Hebrews 12, 6, where it says, For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. And so you will know that you are being chastised. <laughs> you know it uh, because— And it you're going to be. Oh, yes, and you're going to be because uh, he loves us and he cares for us. And I'm just so thankful for that. So, yeah, the, it is a radical change. It is not just, uh, you know, say this prayer, and I get that a lot. Well, I said this prayer. Well, that prayer does not save you. No. There's nowhere in the Bible it says no. that. And that it's that you plead with God to redeem you, plead with him to save your soul, because God does the saving. Right. There is nothing I can actually do to be saved. And it is not about me going to church. It is not about even reading the Bible. Yes, I want to do those things as a Christian, because— it's God's word, right? I want to be with believers because that's Jesus, that's his church. But yeah, I, I cannot, um, I cannot stay the same. I cannot behave the same. And if I do, there is going to be consequences from my heavenly father. But not thrown out of the kingdom. No, 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 no. You mentioned Paul David Tripp earlier, and you know uh, that I I love his devotional, New Morning Mercies. Mm-hmm. And he coined that phrase, for me anyway, maybe others have, have said it, but he has said that we sometimes become grace amnesiacs. Mm, yeah. And sometimes we think we are walking the path, and we are, but sometimes, like stubborn little children, we just want to do what we want to do. Yeah. So we're going to hide in the garden a little bit from God mm. so I can do what I want to do. Mm. 
So does God say to us at that point, well, I'm finished with you? You've, you've gone too far. No, we, we serve a gracious, kind, merciful, loving. Uh, I can't describe to you uh, the words of who he is. And he is, he is a loving father, and he doesn't give us what we deserve, right? Amen. Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here talking Neither to you. Neither one of us would be, but he does discipline us for our good. You know, be, and it says, too, that... Um, you know, if you're not, if God does not discipline you as he does That's all right. of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. So yeah. if that's not happening in your life, then you should, Paul says, to test yourself to see if you're truly in the faith. Because I think of Matthew when Jesus returns, and he's going to tell a lot of people to get behind me in the church. And that is that is really sad. Uh, that people are, it saddens me that that does. Christians are not more concerned about about their walk with the Lord, their their spiritual growth and are, the lost. It, yeah, and the lost, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I would say to people, test yourself to see if you're truly in the faith, because Amen. the Word of God says that. Yeah, I mean, as you and I were talking about the other day, I listened to that whole thing about William Tyndale and Rogers and all those guys, and it brought tears to my eyes Mm. for several reasons. One, uh, what kind of strength these men have as compared to the things that have happened to me in my life, and there's, it's not even comparable. I mean, Mm. They have been through so much, given up so much. And, you know, that's why we talk about those five solas, Mm. you know, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And then the great uh, sola scriptura, that everything is by Scripture Mm. and everything is to the glory of God. And so— when we look at the immensity of what God has done for us and how little in return we truthfully have done, yeah. we could never repay that day. Don't misunderstand me. You can't work your way into a better place in heaven. Yeah. You can't work your way into heaven. You are saved by grace through faith, and this not of yourself. It's a gift of God, lest any man or woman should boast, right? Yes. But by the same token— he also said, when you come to him, I'm never going to turn you away. If you come truthfully yes. in repentance and faith, mm. and once you're in, I'm never going to lose any that the Father has given to me. I mean, what an amazing thing that is. And so, you know, I tell people all the time, I know you probably do too, that, you know what, we've been so blessed in some ways in this country that there has been no persecution. And in some ways, it is not a blessing because we have just, this country and the people in it have just wandered away. And so there is no regard for God on TV or, you know, in most places. Yes. So uh, at any rate, I know that you deal every day with, as we do at the mission with broken people, mm-hmm. God able to put those pieces back together? 
Yes, <laughs> he has. The thing I really want to say, too, is that I think about um, before the Lord saved me, that I thought my life was good, you know. Oh, yeah. I was doing good deeds. I was. Mm-hmm. I had become a foster mother. Um, I Which was, are good deeds. They are. I was helping pass laws and legislation. I thought that if I just stopped drinking and using, and I helped people, that I was good with God. And I thought about, wow, when I walked in that church, I had never heard any good news. I had never been told. I had heard about, you know, people going to hell and that word sin. I had heard it when I was a kid, but... But I'm good enough not to go to hell, right? right? And so I thought Mm -hmm. that because I'd become a good person, I was living my life right, that I was good with God. You know, when God saved me, I had been writing Dear God letters for about 10 years. As a matter of fact, my email and my license plate says, Owe it to God. (laughs) And I thought I was good, and I was on my way to hell And the thing about, you know, these uh, 12-step recovery programs, you know, they do help people. People get sober. It helped me for 15 years, um, but I was still going to hell. Yeah. And that is what is so shocking to me. And people don't want to believe that, that, that it is all about behavior modification, right? But the Bible says that, that your heart is wicked and desperately sick, and that I need a new heart. And so I would say to all the people out there who have been uh, you know, in the 12-step meetings for all these years that ask you to, where, do you, where are you going when you die? Because we all, we all have to die. And where is it that you are going to go? There's only two places, eternal heaven or eternal hell. It's a real place, and God desires that your soul be saved. And so I would say repent, uh, call on the name of Jesus, plead with him to save you, and run to him, find a good church, mm-hmm. and learn the word of God, and go out and make disciples. And you will be blessed. You will be blessed. And, you know, it is, you know, we only have two minutes, but I would like to ask you this in your opinion. We see a lot of people that, by the world's standards, are very good people. They're nice. They help. They're loving. They're kind. They're all those things, but they're not believers. Yes. They're going to be judged on that, or are they going to be judged on the fact they never came to Jesus? Yeah, they're going to be judged. And so even when you reach somebody, you know, I know some people that on the surface they are so much better than a lot of the Christians I know. Yeah. They're kind, they're good. Yes. We can't overlook them when we're evangelizing either because these people may be the harder group to reach because they've really not done the things that you and I have done. Correct. And so, but we still need to understand that those fields are are white for the harvest. We're down to one minute, so you got any last thought before we have to sign off? Please, please think about joining and helping and donating to the mission for this women's new life program. There is such a need. We need a building. We need laborers. And uh, these women uh, are, are in need of this, the women on the streets. Every time you see a woman on the streets, think about that. And any way that you can help 
uh, with that project, please, I, I'm pleading with people to do that. Amen. We're going to have uh, Delina back on again. And I thank you so much. So as always, my dear friends out there, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.